edition of the Radio Ranch, your, uh, your quarantined host, Roger Sales, and the old uh, People's Patriot Network, and we are open for business. Uh, it is uh, the traditional day we generally have Paul on. I think I rustled him up right before we went on this morning, and Chris joined us right before we kicked off. So here we go on the Wednesday edition, as usual. Lots of stuff going on between now and whence we were together yesterday. There's all kinds of tidbits, though, that I keep forgetting to talk about that I've seen over the last few days. And one of them came across, came across on the weekend. Uh, Chris, you're going to love this. You're going to love it. Uh, there is a guy in our, well, kind of our fringes, our movement anyway, the political legal side named Larry Clayman. I'm pretty sure everybody, I think, is Judicial Watch. Isn't that it, Chris? Um, and uh, Larry was Judicial Watch. Yeah, there you go. And a Friday, I believe it was. Have you heard about any of his latest activities, Chris? I have not, but I'm anxious to hear. He's been pretty busy. Uh, he filed a lawsuit Friday. Happens that it's a class action lawsuit. In the district court, I believe in Dallas, Fort Worth, probably Northern District of Texas. And uh, it is against the country of China. And the stated amount is $200 trillion. And the basis of his lawsuit is the fact that China, as the country, Let's see, I'll just lay it out and we'll try and figure it out. China, as a country, signed an accord and a treaty against producing biological weapons. And so he's using the alter character to go after because they signed this treaty, so it couldn't have been them, so he's going after the Communist Chinese Party, I believe. But anyway, very interesting, and the only requirement for the class is that you be harmed by the coronavirus. So if any of you are harmed by the coronavirus and you want to hop on the sleigh and see if you can get a little of that action, contact Larry Clayman and Judicial Watch. What do you think of that there, Chris? Well, that certainly sounds like a target-rich opportunity of uh, tactical aspects in fact the war drums are getting louder and louder every day they are world war three and of course the real danger is from within not from without the dc government of the occupied u.s government taken over way back when is now being posed to destroy america and may have a little help from some friends in russia or china or india or who knows where? Who knows where is for sure. Now, there's something I saw it, I believe, yesterday. You know, boy, even a day just blends. Um, I sent it out to some of you, and uh, it was a short video, or I say short, about five minutes, put out by the Trump 2020 campaign. It was on a website. It was Armstrong. I don't know if it was uh, uh, that guy Armstrong that's around uh, that or not. I didn't check into it or not, but I was so wowed. 
And I mean that seriously, wowed by the five minutes of what they've put together there. And I'm going to tell you, as I put in that message that was sent out, the as of as of now, the gloves are off. Okay, I don't know those of you that have seen that yet, but it really struck me because it's got uh, uh, videos, clips of Trump in front of his campaign, different campaign settings, and I mean he's just laying it out. Okay, and uh, uh, it it was really it hit me real hard. I, I just thought, wow, there's a line of demarcation, and if if that is true, then what? I've tried to impute into Mr. Trump, which has always been the favorable side of, you know, well, he may be this and he may be that, but let's hope God uses him, okay? And uh, if if that video is true, it's an indication of that. And I was pretty uh, uh, pretty uplifted by that. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, in the, you know, there's going to be, Paul, you know, there's tons of opportunities coming for people that are sharp and get on top of these changes that are coming. You know, it's like the guy that bought Zoom um, two months ago, you know, that, that sort of vision. And I, mm -hmm. I, I came up with an idea that I thought is pretty damn good. Okay. And it, if you're real good with software and stuff, the first guy that can come up with a cyber barbershop, you're, you're going to do really well. I know. I look like a Yeti. <laughs> Welcome, man. Sorry, I hogged the first part of the program. Didn't mean to ignore you. Yeah, Wait, I don't bro. mind. I'm, I'm. Look, there's no rush. I'm in no rush. It's not as if <laughs> You're anything's not going, going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm extremely chilled. I think you could extend the show out to four or five hours a day, and just even have the sound of flies buzzing around. I mean, it's quite a relaxed world, you know, on the, on the surface. The underneath, probably not so relaxed at all, but. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, I'm having conversations all the time about how do I get my hair cut. I've got one of those trimmers. I think I'm just going to have to buzzsaw my head. I mean, this. I'm just going to set it on a number three and just completely remove hair. Yeah. It wouldn't really be a haircut. It would be just a bit like cutting a garden with a lawnmower. You're just taking hair off. Yeah. I think it'll have to well, be. Well, you know. I had a little kind of – I must have had a premonition because the day or two for this thing – uh, got locked down here, which has been almost a month now. I went in, got a haircut mm -hmm. and a beard trim. So that was, I was a little bit ahead of the game. I'm glad. Um, Maybe the whole key to this is, is to be good with your barbers and, and most things will work out well. Maybe you're really well ahead of the curve. It's a very good sign there, Roger, that your hair's well, nice and tight. A lot of people have a spouse around and they usually fulfill that function to some extent. Uh, so, know. you know. Uh, Chris, what was your injection? Well, I used to have a spouse that cut my hair, and I guess I had a premonition because I used to watch very closely, and I envisioned that I could cut my own hair. And with these graduated combs and stuff that come with the haircutting kits that you buy, I've actually been able to employ what I watched and learned and incorporated to my long-term memory, and I cut my own hair. In fact, I just did it here a couple days ago. And I've gotten to where I'm pretty good at it. I can use a mirror in the back to get it straight across the back, and I graduate the combs. And, you know, I use it without any cutting heads to do the final little uh, touch-up things. But cutting your own hair is one option if you have the uh, 
dedication to learn that skill. Chris, Chris, it's very easy for you to come on here and start making these wild claims about cutting your hair straight. This is no good. I'm, you know, we're skeptics around here. We're going to need photographic evidence. I want to see this haircut. I bet you look like some sort of, you know, you're not going to look good. Let's be honest about this. It's not going to look good. You're going to be looking like an extra from Barnum and Bailey or something. It's going to be all over the shop. I want to see the proof. Chris, I wanted to say that... Chris, I wanted to say that it is, uh, see, it's it's painfully obvious that you did get something that balances out all that stuff of yours she took. Well, you know, I, in all fairness, I have to confess that I don't have much hair on top, but the sides are still pretty <laughs> oh, full in the okay. back. So, uh, yeah. But I will try to maybe video that next time I do it and send a video along so I can give ah. some fact-centric proof support my allegations well there's all kinds she of other stuff brief, on YouTube. keep yeah. the video brief everybody keeps sending me clips for videos like an hour and a half long i mean i bet you're inundated are you inundated roger yes Chris, you I must be now no i haven't got enough eyeballs they're all used up sorry and and i've Finished. got to i've got to say that i thank the listeners that send us some stuff and that was a real good transition right as we went up and the reason i was so clumsily getting on as we started today, was I was watching the latest X-22 report. I finished up, got halfway through last night, and thought I was sleep, tired enough to go to sleep, which didn't turn out to be the case. The Greg Hunter interview that's released today is with uh, Turd Ferguson, uh, Craig Hempke of TF Metals Report. Very good, uh, very good interview on the financial side. And then um, uh, our good listener in Thailand is always flipping me this stuff. And he's turned me on to this guy. It's real interesting. I shot you the video right before we went on, Paul. And it's this guy from yeah. Massachusetts named Dr. Shiva. Are you hep to him yet, Chris? I have heard the name. I haven't really seen anything. However, I did send you some videos of uh, going down the Las Vegas Strip last Saturday night and the uh, lack of anybody on the Strip. And I heard a caller from Waikiki Beach uh, making the same claims about the beach there in Hawaii that they'd never seen anything like this before. Yeah, everything is uh, – uh, and boy, it's such an interesting time, and what a nice feeling to have the antidote, all right? Let me go on about this Dr. Shiva guy because I'd like to give him a little bit of exposure. Uh, Don is the one that had been sending me his clips, and there's been a absolute intimidation of videos and a lot of time to watch them and a lot of interest to, to spend that time. And uh, so I, I didn't get around to him initially, and something came up. Harvey mentioned him. Harvey's gotten turned on to him in the last few days too. And uh, this guy, Shiva, is he's Indian. And he had a really – and he's from the lower what, – what's, what's the untouchables in India? The lowest caste. Yeah, they're the lowest. Yeah, they're well, the that, lowest caste. I think that's yeah. that's where he came from. Okay, and he tells right. stories and some of the other things about his mother and his grandmother and how they influenced him. Whatever. Anyway, when he was like fourteen or, or twelve, he got in this special group of students, fifty Indian students, to get to come to the U.S. And he was at MIT, and he's the guy that invented email. Okay. He was already real fluent in computers, and, and somebody said, come in and can you organize this office and our intercommunications? Because they used to use those pulmonary tubes and stuff. And he went in and, and structured it and even copyrighted it. You couldn't patent stuff back then, intellectual property, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he was able do you to. Mean, uh, do you mean Hotmail, Roger? No, email. Or, the I don't term, think you did. No, really? The, the term email. I doubt that. 
Uh, well, I've got the video of him showing the documents. Really? And uh, I'll show it. I to know you. that Hotmail, Hotmail, which was the first web-based thing, was designed by an Indian. So that would make sense. Well, he's got uh, before Microsoft bought it up. On the on the video, one of the videos, and I'll send them both to you. The other ones I've got, Paul. He actually brings out the copyright document, and tells the story, okay, and All tells right. what's happened in the background with them trying to discredit him, even changing his Wikipedia page. But he's gone on. He's a doctor. He's got I don't know how many degrees from up there at MIT. But the real brightening things. He I mean I when I say he's he's he may be the sharpest knife in the drawer. This guy's super sharp. Okay, and uh, he is, of course, talking about the virus and stuff a lot. He's really anti-establishment, but here's the good news. He's running for Senate. Right. Uh, okay. So uh, it's the today, the latest one is up over on X-22 Report. I'll post it at the end of today's show links over there on CastBox when we're finished. But uh, it, it's very good what I've seen so far, and I'm really impressed with this guy, and I wanted to give him a minute and talk about it a little bit. And thank Don for sending right. it along because uh, Don's you, – you guys, it's really nice. The one advantage I have in this position is all you people as bird dogs out there. And so you're out there. You un, you're educated. You understand what's happening. And you, you see these articles that I wouldn't stumble on or videos or whatever, and you shoot them to me, and I, I thank you for it. I may not get to all of them but at the time, but I sure do thank you for the effort and the contribution. Paul, what's on your mind uh, here the last few days? Well, let's get Chris. Chris got a comment first. I want to go over and see and tap into you for the seven days reservoir. Chris? I've got one new little factoid for you. I came up with a new coin term this morning. Now, instead of a virus, it's a virus. And, of course, by is B-I. That's yeah. six-point star bar chamber of Satan, and that's likely where it came from. Well, that is. And, of course, they're using equivocation here because it's not a virus. It's a, it's a biological weapon. It's a virus that's been, been converted. And see, there's the danger right there is we don't know if they put extra waves and adaptability into this thing, and we'll only know as we go through it. Okay? And so, again, vitamin C, A, D, and zinc. That's your hand. That's the full house. Okay, right there. Vitamin C, A, D, and zinc. And you got a whole card somewhere. Paul, how you been doing, man? I've been, uh, sorry. Chris is trying to come with some gambling comment. What were you going to say, Chris? I said to hope the whole card's not a joker. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Figures yeah. come from Las Vegas. Paul, how you been the last week? What's been going on in your mind and all that? Um, I don't know, really. <laughs> oh. I was thinking, what's been going on in my mind? Um, you know how I'm just doing quite a bit of reading. I'm reading on other things outside of this to sort of have a break away from yeah, it. But yeah. um, I think uh, I, what I'm really aware of is my lack of knowledge really about certain key things which are banded about quite a lot. I want It's not that I don't know something, but I don't know enough. Um, I certainly don't know enough about 5G, um, and I've just decided that I need to really bite the bullet on that, and, and uh, I'm looking for really, well, you know, concise expositions I, of it and things like this because there's I, a lot of – Can I point yeah, you sure, down a path? You, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's important, and I don't want to lose it. 
Uh, we mentioned it yesterday. Catherine Austin Fitz on an interview this weekend, again with Greg Hunter, made a comment, just kind of an offhand comment, talking about 5G, and she didn't follow up on it, unfortunately. But she said it was developed by the U.S. and Israel for crowd control. Well, I know that they've used, oh, there are claims that they've used it for that reason. Um, and, you know, for example, I have a, a colleague, somebody I know personally, who's had a 5G router in their office for the last 18 months. They feel fine. Okay. Now, this, this doesn't mean anything. I accept that. But I'm trying to find out what it is that's really, really bad about it. So I've got some ideas, uh, and I see that. Uh, I mean, these ideas that I have are not new ideas or anything. They're just, really, they're just repetitions of what I've read, you know, which is the way that it goes, isn't it? So it seems to me that there is some indication that the frequency, this 60 gigahertz that they use, is, uh, uh, the claim is that as a frequency, it's very good for uh, for depleting the body of oxygen. Mm -hmm. But the other counterclaim is that the amount of power involved with these things is so small, it's so minute that you don't even need to worry about it. So that's that's the counter. Then another counter is, for example, we've been told over here that many, if not all of the modern streetlights that have been going up over the last five or ten years, which produce a hideous light as far as I'm concerned. I can't stand it. It produces this uh, very cold blue sort of grey light, which is horrible. Uh, the claim is, and I've seen this from guys over here. In fact, I, I do really need to interview this guy called Mark Steele because indirectly I know his solicitor, actually. Uh, and Mark Steele is an ex-military guy who's saying this is military-grade stuff. I don't doubt what he says. It's just that I'm not in a position – if I was talking to a layman, um, I couldn't convince him one way or the other at the moment. Not right now. Not today I couldn't because I'm unclear myself as to where it is. And the reason why I'm being slightly more cautious with this – my instincts, by the way, Roger, are that it's dangerous, okay? That's what my – but the reason I'm being slightly more cautious with it than I would normally be, I suppose, is that – uh, there's a great cat and mouse games taking place with information and to um, nullify things that you may say, I think you need to be, this is just my myself really, be quite careful and clear about what I'm talking about because people are more hair trigger. People are actually having more time to think and consider things. This is good, by the way. Mm -hmm. And it's making me do the same thing, which I'm glad of. I think this is a good, um, a good sort of aspect of what's taking place. So, it's very easy to run your mouth off, um, as, as I've found in the past, on something, only to appear to be uh, incorrect about it five or six months later when some new information comes to light. Now, really, this thing should be nailed on, shouldn't it? And, for example, I got, I got a little communication from someone who, for years, lived in the Midlands under a BBC radio antenna. Ooh. And this antenna was very strong. Not uh, it was running at five, 500 kilowatts, right, which is a lot. And it was so strong was the signal, he said, that in the metal fences nearby, you could hear the radio stations in the fence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that one of you – know, now, is that one – you, you quoted the power. Is yeah. that a 500,000-watt transmitter? Yeah. yeah, they used to yeah. make those in the early days. There's a few of them around the world. BBC uses one, huh? Like yeah. To give well, it they a, had a one reference. Then. It might have for reference for the audience, in our country, you can't go above 50 kW. That's right. Yeah. So this is huge. It's an absolute monster thing, right? Uh -huh. And I know that it built monster things in the early days. And there's all these little threads coming together with people talking about this stuff. 
Um, but it seems to me that also the counter-arguments turn up pretty quickly to shoot it down. Now, he said, you know, he lived there for years, nobody got ill. This may be the case. Conversely, I'm aware we're all aware of electrical cables and pylons, aren't we? These well, we have them over here. You know, they they run across the land on these huge metal frames. We call them pylons over here. I don't know what you call them over there. Maybe it's the same thing. Carrying very high voltage and wattage uh, electrical supply system. Mm-hmm. Now, people that live in the shadow of those, the incidence of cancer is considerably higher. Yes, uh, I've got a friend down in Australia. There's a very wealthy. Uh, district, I've forgotten the name, Brookwood or something like that, a part of Sydney. Um, w- and inside this area, most people are okay, but there's a specific part where they have a pylon running cables across, and the cancer rate there is three times higher than anywhere else. Yeah. So there's definitely a case to be answered for on that front. So yeah. is it a combination of things? I mean, I don't know, but it seems to me it might be. Not only is it the frequency, but it's the amount of power and wattage that goes through it. And just coming back to the thing I was mentioning about streetlights over here, because I was talking to someone about this, and they said, sure, the streetlights are, are running at low power, but apparently the reporting is is that the cabling that they've put in is cabling that could cope with much more big, power. Big in capacity. other words, it's yeah, yeah huge, an, an unnecessarily large uh-huh. capacity for this cabling so that the, the actual signals could be stepped up. Whoa. So all I'm saying is I don't know, but there is most definitely a case to be answered. In other words, this is about the process of discovery, not about whether I feel right or wrong. And the process of discovery is being thwarted. Well, as always, that's, Paul, you, that's, you, that's what we're it feels very like. fortunate to get on this subject because we got a guy that was an electrician as his profession here on with us, and that's Chris. Uh, that phenomena, hold on, just stand by, Chris, for a second here. Let me cough. Hmm. That phenomena that you're talking about under power lines has been going on for 30 or 40 years. I remember seeing video on about decades ago. Uh, yep. But and, and also with cell towers, the phenomena of having them saddled up to take uh, un, uh, the amounts of power that could fry everybody in the country if they turned them all on to max simultaneously, that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. that's been there without 5G. But, yeah, and it, I, I really question what in the hell are they doing here? Do you remember when the whole cell phone thing broke? Maybe forty years ago, or yeah, maybe some of what you, you don't. Well, it, the the whole cell phone thing became possible, and they started setting up the superstructure. Okay, and that yes. was any when I was in Atlanta, and the stories of these overnight redneck millionaires kept coming up, and it was the guys that owned the high ground. Okay, and they would bid those that, uh, the rights up to that un, unimaginable amounts, and I it, you, you even had kind of quiz you know personal quizzes quizication if you will if that's a word back in those days i always kind of see things and wonder what they're doing but i don't know paul if i've ever told you the story that i stumbled into in argentina when i was down there i was up at doug casey's uh, estancia for a week at one of his open houses promoting my book 
And uh, in those meetings, there's a little short guy that kept standing up that everybody really paid attention to when he talked, you know. And I asked the guy that I was kind of sponsoring me up there, uh, I said, who's he? And he goes, well, his name is, uh, let's see if I can think of it, it'll come to me. And I said, well, who's he? And he said, well, he's Casey and Bonner's attorney in Buenos Aires. He handles all their stuff in the country. And so I said, can you get me, can you get, get us a meeting? And he said, I think. And we got a 45-minute meeting with this guy, okay? And he was really interesting fellow. And he, his father had been the head of the bar of Argentina when Juan Perón was, was president and was an adversary. And when we sat down, of course, I was high on passports and all that stuff at this time. And passports came off right off the bat. And he said, you know, I had to renew my passport recently. And I went and looked for my birth certificate because you've got to have a birth certificate to do it in Argentina, too. And he goes, it wasn't in there. And I, I, I called my mother, who's still alive, and she said, oh, start checking some of these other dates. Because she said they were afraid to put your birth certificate on the rolls that, that Perón would kill you. <laughs> okay? So, anyway, that mm-hmm. started the conversation. And uh, I mentioned that I'd lived in Atlanta. And he said, oh, I used to go to Atlanta about uh, once a month for about three years. And I go, oh, yeah, well, where did you stay when you were up there? I was stayed down by, uh, you know, Georgia Tech and that part of town right there, the varsity. And, and he said, because I, I said, well, what were you doing there? And he said, I brokered the deal between Southern Bell and Argentina for Movie Star. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was up there right. cutting this deal, and Southern Bell evidently came and got all the high ground and set the backbone in in Argentina. And he told me something that's going to stagger you. I've told this story before. A couple of people have heard it. But it's staggering, all right? And it tells you where part of this is, all right? And he said, they paid $12 million to set it up and sold it for a billion. Nice. That's a good bit of It's pretty good advice. ROI, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. Not too bad. So there's the fervor in getting the contracts for the high ground and some of the impetus at this, at least at the start, of, uh, of, the, of the fight to get this thing set up. And then it also tells you why your damn sell rates are so high. Yeah, I guess it does. You're still probably paying off for that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, you know, we've had a thing over here last week or so. Um, actually, it might be going on a bit longer than that. Um, certain 5G installations uh, have been burned down yes, over here. They've been attacked and burnt in Liverpool, Liverpool and Birmingham, and there might be even more places than yeah. that. Wuhan. And, Wuhan. Oh, yes. Yeah, they've been down. pulling them down, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, they've been tearing them down. Yeah. Over here, they've been setting them on fire. Right now, so basically, irrespective, and then you get all these comments. I follow them. You know, these people are mad, or no, they're not, and all this kind of stuff. I, there's no end to that sort of conflict in the communication, but there really is a case to be answered um, because there is a genuine concern. I feel it over a technology which we don't know how safe it is, and people say, "No, it's safe," but the way that they answer the question is dismissive too. It's useless. They're not actually doing their job properly, and and then the other question that one would consider which is where it, to me it gets kind of more interesting it's not as if i want to sort of spend my life rummaging around in the technology of it but it, that absolutely has to be nailed down but it's to do with uh why do we even need 5g in the first place well that's the seriously question. 
That really is the question. Do we actually need this, you know? So I saw that Mr. Trump the other week said, yeah, we're all going 5G, and we can't wait for 6G and 7G, and I'm going, Ooh, why? Damn, what's that stuff? Why, why do, do we even want it? <laughs> Chris, <laughs> why do we you're, our, you're our electrician, and Samuel, who has some expertise in this area, I would assume, uh, also has joined us. Chris, but we, we put you on hold a minute ago, and I didn't want you to think ignored or anything. So, buddy, come back and just give us your read on this from your professional background as dealing with the uh, subject of electricity. Let me uh, go back to what Paul said, and noting the large size of the conductors feeding these so-called smart grid lighting systems, SMART smart being a military acronym for Specialized Military Advanced Acoustic Receiver Transmitters. Mm. And realize you only punch X amount of amps, just like you can only get X amount of water through a certain size of pipe. They call it constants of velocities of flow and plumbing. In electricity, it's called amp capacity or ampacity, as they call it. And you can only punch X amount of power at X amount of volts through a certain size of wire. <clears throat> and so if you can see that this 5G system and other electrical systems are potentially modulatable, meaning they can be turned up and down exponentially, just like the GWEN, the ground wave emergency network towers that look like golf balls on the side of the roads, or any other the microwave dishes they put up on these poles disguising as trees, or your smart meters on your home, they can be turned up or down at will from remote locations like satellites or central command centers or telephones or wherever else that they can hack into a system. This is the danger that's unforeseen and unperceived by most non-technical people related to the transmission of electromagnetic waves and directed energy weapons through power line systems, power line carrier technology. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Samuel, you got anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, some time ago, there was this uh, German guy by the name of uh, Norbert Hauser, H-E-U-S-E-R, who's got a company called ProTech Pro Technology. And um, he's linked up with some genius, I think, from uh, Taiwan. And they've got uh, come up with a technology to block the negative frequencies of uh, 4G, 5G, all these other problems that come up from this technology. And his, his website, uh, uh, ProTech Pro Technology, uh, or I think it's, protechpro.net um, has a lot of interesting um, um, history and background as to testing, etc. And what sold me on the unit, I bought one. It's like a hundred bucks. It's a, it's a little chip about the third the size of a credit card, right. about that thickness that you tape on the backside of your phone. And it's supposed to make oh, this um, okay. incoming energy uh, equalizing with your body instead of negative. Uh -huh. And what sold me on the thing, of course, it, it could have been all faked, but he does a video on muscle testing. Mm -hmm. So he takes a phone without the protection on it, and he takes a phone with the protection right. on it, 
and he puts it up on the ear of a, a recipient with the other arm sticking out and then pushes down on the arm right. to see the resistance strength. Right. And uh, the cell phone without the protection is weak, very weak, and with the protection is very strong. So that was enough to convince me for 100 bucks to go ahead and put it on my phone. Yeah, of course, I think... that's the phone I dropped in the fire. So it's now cooked, I think. <laughs> well, here's an option, and, and even a little bit of a switch. When I was working with Dr. Horowitz, he, there was some sort of a science fair convention in Atlanta, and I'd always work his booth with him and give him a hand. And the adjacent booth to us was a company called Q-Link. And I think if you look at it on the web today, you want to put a hyphen in there on the search, Q-Link, because some phone, cell phone company came along and ripped off the name up in the northeast and it confuses the search but but it's on there if you look hard enough and in this little thing and i saw it a whole weekend uh, you know those days in a convention like that are long okay a lot of people come through there and this booth next to us and they did this kinesiology type experiment on people for two solid days and i sat there and watched it and it never failed okay and this is some sort of a chip and they've got it in a lot of different configurations from your personal body to an in entire encapsulating your entire house okay and um the 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 little trick they did, the demonstration is the word I'm looking for, was there was a, a glove that you could put your hand in, and they would take a picture of your aura as it left your fingertips. And then you would put that Q-link around your neck and take another picture, and it's gone. Or vice versa, I forget which. But anyway, it let those frequencies pass through you. And uh, I bought one, had it for years, and ended up losing it in Argentina in a hot bath down there. Took it off my neck and forgot to get it on the way out and never could get it back. So, But that little thing worked. Okay. Well, the, the other thing that, that I think as well is they can certainly boost the power. Uh, I don't care if it's on your smart meter or on your phone. They can definitely change that frequency and boost that power yes. within that band, I'm sure, if not more. Right. So, you know, trusting, trusting somebody into your house that you don't know <laughs> isn't always a good idea, you know? No. <laughs> no. Um, and I, I just think, I mean, stepping it back onto this, um, um, the larger picture of the Internet of Things, which they seem to, you know, bang on about. They're obsessed uh, with the Internet of Things. I don't, well, I, don't, I don't want the Internet of Things. Thank you very much. I, I just want uh, – I've got the things I need. I mean, for example, I have an Italian DeLonghi toaster here, Roger. Um, <laughs> it was bought for me. Yeah, a DeLonghi toaster. It was very expensive when it was bought. It was bought for us by a kind friend when I got married to my darling wife, right, uh -huh. back in 1998. Uh -huh. And it served up fantastic toast. In fact, he just did it again this morning. For 22 years and has never missed a beat. Now, I do not want some little geeky, specking four-eyed tech nerd turning up at my house and sticking a chip in it. No way. I'm having, chi I'm having chips in my toast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, why would we uh, – no one even discusses this. They get away with these communications. And the implication of them is that we're all really gagging for the Internet of Things. We're not. We don't want any of it. Listen. I don't want automated cars. I'm not even convinced now that electric cars are any good at all. I mean, they're just, you know. 
my, they're I'm all about pretty, the control. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I, I, my my refrigerator, and I've had many of them here over the last few years with all my moves, <laughs> that they're keeping the food perfectly cool without having the internet come in and tell it what the hell to do. That's right. You don't want to do it. You see, I think yeah. I think we're we're forming the neo luddite uh, <laughs> group, and we need it. Very good. Don't you well, think we need it? I am a neo-Luddite. I, I'm basically putting a marker down in the land. I'm going, I like tech. Don't get me wrong. But this is silly tech. This is nerd tech. This is control tech. We are having tech. tech designed for us by nerds right. who live in a bubble and think, I can put a widget on a widget on a widget on a gadget. We're going, I don't want any of that. You're really and, silly. We don't want it. And make profit all the way um, along and get the herd right where I want them. Man of Israel has joined us. Man of Comastas. Men of, I'm of uh, Arkansas today. Oh, okay. Welcome, and uh, it's nice to meet you all. Hey, I wanted to share, add a little bit to uh, Samuel's uh, muscle testing uh, topic there. Uh, um, some people who understand this, I uh, uh, just wanted to add something to this subject. And what it is, is uh, muscle testing... I used to, I learned it from a chiropractor and then I practiced it in my uh, uh, massage therapy thing I did for some years. Uh, you can, uh, so what it is, is you can test vitamins, you can test anything. Yep. Okay. You, you could hold a glass of milk in your, let, let's say the subject here, the, the person you're testing you could hold a vitamin, anything, okay, in their hand, and this was also used to test uh, allergies to specific foods, okay? Been around a while. So, yeah, and, and so the, the contemporary or general usage is the person holds their arm straight out, perpendicular to the ground, and they hold the vitamin, and then the practitioner just pushes down lightly from the hand. Um, and if the hand goes right down, then it's not good for you. Yep. And if it's strong, then you're okay with it. Yep. Um, now, there's a, a surrogate uh, application to this uh, that we, you would use with babies, with infants. Okay. Because they're not going to hold their or you could win. I mean, the baby's not going to be really strong. So, uh, and what you could use um, a surrogate. So, in other words, you'd have another individual put their hand on the baby, and then you'd test their arm for almost anything you can imagine. But as you get very proficient in this technique, what um, chiropractors and myself would do is you can actually, you get sensitive to the analysis. And what you do is you take your index finger and your next digit finger and you just flick it against each other um, with the second digit going down. And if when you become uh, sensitive uh, to this, uh, that also allows you to uh, get an indication. 
So I just okay. thought I'd throw that well, out thank there. Thank you. Thank you, Doug, uh, for the contribution from chiropractic school. Uh, I wanted to kind of what's been on my mind is the situation we're in. Okay, very fluid change. There's a lot of, uh, I wanted to say earlier when you were saying something, Paul, unintended consequences. They don't know the unintended consequences of shutting us all up in our houses and pissing as many people off as they are and causing as much friction as, and you know we're not hearing about it, but the domestic calls to police, the all those things, suicide calls off the charts. Off the charts. The guy in Indiana, I mentioned it yesterday, Paul, that's in charge of their suicide phone unit, said their mm-hmm. their calls have gone up from 1,000 a day average to 25,000. Okay. Well, I can I can reinforce that from over here, even though um, I'm, I'm getting awaiting more news. We have an organization over here called the Samaritans. You probably have things similar. Mm-hmm. Um, there are manned usually by people in middle to advancing years who have some experience of life. They receive calls from people in all forms of distress, of which the contemplation of suicide is definitely one of them. And uh, they are, I think they currently receive some, at their peak at the moment or prior to this, they, when it gets busy, they receive four to 5,000 calls an hour. They're expecting to get three times that amount over the next couple of months so this is and none of this you know you make the, the the other point as well with regards you see it's the communication process that i'm always have to come back to because everything that you and i are saying and everybody else is saying and thinking is molded by the perceptions that were given by mainstream media plus in our case the 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 amount of independent research that we seek to do and of course, we're stumbling into sites that are manhandled and talking rubbish as well. So we have to, you know, your discernment uh, has to be fully switched on. You need to be really sort of awake with looking at this. But the news over here, and I'm, I'm expecting it's pretty similar to you. The news cycle is just ridiculous, fear-mongering and bleating all day long. Cool. I know that people are succumbing to it. I even spoke to my friend yesterday who, who had it about three weeks ago and recovered. And it was interesting. Um, he's out in Spain. And um, even as we were discussing it, he was not still quite so sure what had actually occurred. I don't mean that he was dazed and confused, not by that, but he's still not absolutely sure whether it's a virus, is it a bacterial infection, what is it? No. One of the things he noticed, he said to us, which was great, was he, he's, you know, he's, he's a family man. Nobody else in his family got it. And he was trying to figure out what the difference was. It turned out that one thing that was definitely different is that the day before it occurred with him, he'd been to Malaga. Malaga just happens to be the hotbed of 5G development. It's the 5G development town for for Spain. It's everywhere. Now, this thread, this 5G leading to deoxygenation, leading to shortness of breath, seems to have some traction, doesn't it? And yet that's as far as I can go in my communication of it. So I wouldn't engage a layman on it because they could ask a few questions. I would go, I'm shorthanded today, but I don't want to be. Very soon, I don't expect to be either. All right. Can I float the the dialectic to that? Yeah. Samuel, let me float this first. Here in Ecuador, the main infected area is down on the coast Guayaquil which is a city I've not been there it's bigger than Quito I'm told and that is right there on the Pacific Ocean 
and obviously Ecuador's about up to their eyeballs with China back from the previous president and the oil deals that were cut and the resources they've been yanking out of here at sub prices and uh it broke out down there, and there have been hundreds of people that have died down there. And I, and I don't know. Maybe Jack can call in and verify this, but I'd be willing to bet there ain't one 5G tower in the entire city of Guayaquil. Mm-hmm. I have something I can throw into the mix. Yes, Chris. Yep. Well, you know, back around 2000 or thereabouts, I was being activist and uh, advocating against the smart meters because I realized how dangerous they were. You were? And I, yes, sir. Okay. And I was, uh, I presented a copy of a Army field manual, I, an FM. I don't remember what the number was, but it was acoustic weapons. And when we understand acoustics, that's pressure, mm-hmm. that's energy. Mm-hmm. It, it's sound, it's uh, magnetic, there's many different types of so-called acoustic pressures that they could direct energy weapons at you. Yes. And I put in an affidavit to the chief counsel there, whose name was Cohen, as I recall, and pointing out that these were extremely dangerous devices, these smart meters, so-called, I predicted then that there would be deaths and fires occurring from these because they were unqualified, unauthorized, and they were very dangerous. Um, There were a number of different aspects to that, but that particular meeting that day, they started out with the lie, the head knocker from Nevada Power, now NB Energy. Uh, The engineer came up, and he claimed how these smart meters were going to save money. And I said one word, objection. And I was immediately under fear of force of arms, ejected from the meeting by a guard and gave some interviews on TV after that. But they certainly didn't want any opposition voices in that very carefully constructed Hegelian Hegelian dialectic uh, meeting. Chris, I've got a very, very salient question for you. How Uh long... Was it that that incident occurred before they started harassing you to the point where you came under our radar and got thrown in the funny farm and stuff? Oh, that's got to be 10 years, 15 oh, years. Near uh, okay. as I can see, this goes back to 14 or 15, maybe 16 uh-huh. was when it culminated, uh-huh. but I think 14. Or, but I was also doing some advocacy and activism up in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, for a family that had their children stolen by CPS and had been sick trafficked uh, amongst some of the military, the industrial complex, and law enforcement circles up in Iron County, West Jordan in the area. Well, we can understand why you got a bullseye on your forehead. Um, very interesting. There's a lot of uncertainty about where we're going. I, I, you know, I'd like to think that our people, I'll get to you a second, Samuel, I'm sorry. Uh, our people have taken the time that they've had, which usually equates to about as long as they've been awake, to because uh, we all knew this day was coming we didn't know what the swan was going to be but we knew it was coming samuel yeah i just wanted to mention what um looking at this technology and um what daryl said yesterday i haven't had time to look into it but he mentioned uh, something called uh, operation crimson crimson, crimson mist. mist 
which was uh, supposedly our military flying over the Houthis and the Tutsis and having them slash each other up was actually our technology driving them insane and murderous. Could be. Wouldn't put anything above these guys. If that's the case, they certainly have that planned to go through this technology, I'm sure. Well, you know, the question is, do they fall on their face here? Uh, I see, I sense and feel that this was out of desperation. I mean, I've seen what they've been trying to do for Trump. We all have for four years uh, uh, and, and to the links that they're terrified of this guy and the other things fall on their face and they expose themselves in the process. And this seems to me to be a last-ditch effort by them somehow to not only derail Trump, and I get that and get that feeling from that George Soros comment at Davos that we heard, uh, but but also to give them cover on the economy. Uh, but yet they're fighting it like hell, like the economy. Uh, uh, we'll see. Um, did you hear that comment that Soros made at Davos, Paul? Uh, no, is this recently, is it? Yeah, well, the Davos in January, a couple of months ago, I heard about it, Harvey Schlanger on one, another X-22 report. You know, Harvey Schlanger is the guy that represents LaRouche Pack. you know, about Lyndon LaRouche and mm-hmm. his background. And I he, remember, yeah, is he, is he now dead, Lyndon yeah, LaRouche? Yes, he is, is and, and this guy, Harvey Schlanger, has kind of taken over the management of the organization, and he's a real sharp guy, okay. and um, he lives over in Europe somewhere, I'm not sure where. And he, he made the comment in the interview. He said it was not publicized in the U.S., but at Davos, Soros got up in front of the crowd and said Trump will not get reelected. The economy is going to crash. Right. Yeah, yeah True News uh, uh, reported the same thing Did they? when they were there. Yeah. Okay. So that's out there. And that, that goes back to the suspicion. Did this accidentally get released through those labs or is it an intentional release? Obviously it's coming from those labs. Uh, there's too many tie-ins. This Lieber, the Harvard guy that they arrested, had a contract with the Chinese evidently to do research at Wuhan. He's the one we heard. Jim Ram had a, had a privy to a high level conference and he screwed up and recorded it. He played it on his show, but he erased it before I could listen to it. But the uh, high-level U.S. attorney that was talking on the conference call said that it was Lieber and his two assistants, one of which was Italian and one of which was Iranian. And when they left, they left Wuhan and went back to their respective places, and the U.S. arrested Lieber. But he said that's what explains the outbreaks in Iran and Italy. I don't know the validity of that. I can tell you the source. Take it for what you will. But... uh, Interesting. It's, it, 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 we want to dissect what's going on. It's great that we've gotten to the level, I believe, of we are and understanding it to the point that we do. But I, now I'm kind of shifting to the future a little bit and trying Can to I see. Throw another log? Pardon me? Can I throw another log on this fire? Sure. Well, there's some strong evidence that George Soros had some ownership interest and associations yes. with that to the Wuhan lab. Yes, probably as well and, as Gates, too. Yes, uh, no doubt about it. And knowing about Event 201 and 2010 Rockefeller things that were let out about this stuff, 
I see the handprints of George Soros on the economic war aspects and shutting down of economies as a form of economic terrorism warfare that has George Soros and his entourage, his fingerprints all over it. So I think this is a much more convoluted and complicated conspiracy to take over the world than most people fathom. Could be. I think it's their final power play that they've got their backs up against the wall, and this is like the 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 real rabbit they're pulling out of the hat to try and pull this off. I threw this out the other day, all over with this situation and all the domestic violence going up and all the rest of the thing suicide. Do you go back to the term and think of the term? And we've talked about it on the show in depth several times. The period of escalating violence. And what was the period of escalating violence? It was the third phase before the ultimate takeover that they had to move into before they took over. And that's been going on since that document was okayed in 1929 in Zurich, Switzerland, by the Communist International. And it's the blueprint they've followed on every country they've taken over since it was passed, unquote, Retired Air Force General Benton Partner. Hey, Roger. Yes, Doug. Better known as yeah. Benov. <laughs> uh, something uh, Chris said uh, in the previous uh, contri- uh, what he contributed was about audio waves and that. And um, when I was about 14 years old, uh, my father was a CB. Okay, and um, he was out of the military, and he was uh, uh, he was trained, um, I guess, quite well because he was a master machinist, a master welder. He could build anything out of anything. I was just getting into music as going to have a band, and my father said he, he said, well. I'm going to build you a speaker. So he had me work with him. And while we were doing this, he explained to me that audio waves will travel underwater so much further Mm -hmm. than it will in the air. Mm -hmm. And this, um, this is my comment here. Since we're mostly water... I'm just wondering, Chris, uh, what you think about that, about these frequencies and vibrations. I observed uh, that because we've all been injected, infected, and aspirated with nanometallic particles from these so-called aerial spraying, solar radiation management, chemtrails, if you will, that it's very likely that these deleterious effects of these directed energy waves, 5G, microwave, or otherwise, can be used to make the sparks go off in our bodies and to basically destroy us from within, in my estimation. Well, let me just add one more thing that's really um, right goes with what you just said there. I, I don't remember what year it was, but I was doing a job. I had like nine guys working for me. We were painting inside of a house. And, and uh, this is when I started to notice chemtrails. And um, I started sneezing and having nose running. It's never stopped. But I can tell you that when I, and I, this is 
pretty much nonstop. I mean, it's not drooling out of my nose, but I, I've got like a dozen handkerchiefs because I have to blow my nose regularly. And when it dries, instead of it just looking clear, what it looks like is just a sheet of shiny particles. So that's what I have to say about that. Mm. And, oh, and at the same time, I noticed, because I had a service truck. I'd be driving around everywhere. I'm a sun guy. Uh, used to be a surfing guy. Used to the sun growing up on, you know, in Massachusetts, getting out in the beaches in the warm weather. And um, <clears throat> I would notice that the, uh, the part of my arm that was sticking out of my window was like burning. And I was like, wow, this is, so I notice these things. I, I tend to pay attention to my body and these anomalies. Right. So that, that's what I wanted to add there. Thanks. Good man, Doug. Uh, you were going to say something, Samuel? Yeah, I got a Tesla quote off of uh, Norp Hauser's uh, site here. Uh, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Yeah, probably true. Tesla sure had his arms around it. There's also a, 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 another one out there. It's a little out there, but uh, um, Sherry, uh, uh, what is it? Not Rogers. Um, Tenpenny? She does uh, um, sound health um, uh, options or something like that is her website where she is convinced that you use frequencies to defeat Anything in the body that you want to, a virus, um, a cancer, whatever, that you can do this with sound. Um, uh, Sherry Edwards, Sherry Edwards okay. is her name. Okay. Yeah. And she has a whole bunch of sounds out there right now that are supposed to, uh, the, the virus well, doesn't like. You know, there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs getting into this field and starting to combine these little things with cell phones. And I've seen a couple of different programs out there. I haven't really looked into any of them. Uh, but uh, that is proliferating now, too. Where one of them, I know you wear a little wristband, and it connects somehow with your cell phone, probably through Bluetooth, and is controlling the frequencies and constantly monitors your body for, you know, different parameters. Pretty interesting. We're on the cutting yeah. edge of a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, there was a guy that I can't think of his name that I listened to an interview on, and he says when they chose these frequencies for these phones, he says these are negative frequencies to our bodies. He said they could have just as easily got the job done with frequencies that were Probably. positive, but um, for some reason they decided not to. Years ago, yeah. when I used to listen to Tom Ballard. Isn't Raytheon involved in that? Probably. Sorry to butt in, Roger. What? Probably. I think. Because you know, the initial one's 2.4 gigahertz, isn't it, on, on the mobile phone stuff? Uh, and this is deemed to be bad. I, re I read these things. Uh, and it's interesting to know that they could have selected any frequency, I assume. I don't really know. Um, I mean, 5G as a technological marvel, apparently, is something to get giddy about. No doubt I probably would, I suppose, you know, if it's if it's 100 times faster and does all these things. But as I was pointing out, do we really need do we really need people blathering on with videos 100 times quicker than they already do? I, right. I just don't think we even need that. Um, let me it's, it's just, it's, 
Well, that's a the corollary. Real, the, the, the real real thing is to surveil us, and and, and the course. phone has all kinds of sensors built in. They could probably know your heartbeat, everything. You know, really um, the Internet of Things is for them. It's not for us. We are to be classed as a thing right. within this Internet of Things, and that's part of as it. A, You're absolutely right. As a corollary to the point Samuel was making, I wanted to when I used to listen to Tom Valentine all the time uh, on shortwave, he was very health oriented and he had, and he had this guy on and interviewed him for at least an hour. Uh, and he was from New Zealand. He was a Kiwi guy and he was a researcher and he had been contracted with by Nestle to do, to study somehow soy. And this was, this was back before the turn of the centuries in the nineties. And, the guy in his research discovered that there's an element in soy that's the effeminate. It it, it, it stimulates estrogen in men, okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he called Nestle and alerted him to it, and Nestle defunded him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when uh, I, I, I had gotten a lot of the information on estrogen in the 90s, and I had been a member of uh, the local co-op is only one for a number of probably two decades or something and uh, so I had these pages of research on estrogen and I brought it to them thinking oh they're going to really stop selling soy and uh, they totally ignored me and uh, did nothing which really ticked me off well and I think when soy goes through the fermentation process when it turns to tofu it doesn't have those chemicals in it. It's that process that's that correct. gets rid of the chemicals. But that's otherwise, correct. if you wonder why there's so many of uh, of these sodomites running around, I can't help but feel that since they've been weaned on it from their baby formula, when they said don't nurse on your mother's teat, instead drink this, that that probably is a contributor to the situation in which we find ourselves. Well, and it also uh, contributed to on the female side because uh, that's where you started getting younger and younger girls developing breasts. Yep, yep, and going through puberty at an earlier age and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's definitely a dedicated plan. uh, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of videos floating around. Uh, there was one that popped up last night by this gal out of Canada, the amazing Polly. Okay, and I'm sure everybody in the audience has seen some of her work. She does good work, it seems to me, and she connects a lot of dots. And one of the latest dots that she's connecting is just how in charge of all of this stuff Bill Gates is. Well, he's pivotal. His, his father was six foot seven, you know. Yes. You know, his dad was six foot seven. Yeah. Did you see the pictures floating around? Yesterday, it wants everybody to have a vaccination so that you know we'll uh, be safe. You know, we can protect the world. Well, yeah, ooh, he, as, the, that as the meme that floated around yesterday said, "Think at the top. How is the guy that is wanting?" to cull population worldwide helping you with your health by providing vaccines. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Fauci, that guy, he oh, makes man. the comment he... that, uh, you know, until we don't get a detection anymore of this thing, we, we, we got to keep everything locked down. Um, well, I heard today from Professor McKinney that there's more than a million coronavirus, different ones, yes, more than a million are. of them. Yeah. 
and that the test that they're using is 80% false positive. And if you want to get a really good test and find out what you got, it's a thousand bucks in a lab. Right. That would make sense, wouldn't it? That would make sense. This is a complicated yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, let, me, let me say this. Oh. What do you think, you know, using the English word woo, it's kind of like whoa. It's kind of like what? No. Okay. No, so no, we're talking. Doug, <laughs> Go Doug, they've got a specific word for that feeling over there, I've learned. Yeah, Hagman calls them the garden gnome. No, they I say like they they say they've been gobsmacked. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Woo. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I am no. gobsmacked. Is uh <laughs> that's how that's the, that's the how you say. Well, I'm gobsmacked, you know. So uh yeah, but it's sort of a false shock about the whole thing. This is like obviously shot through with rivers of sarcasm as well. So, um, but yeah, it's part of it. Hey, yeah. hey, I'll, Good. I'll say one more Good thing, thing, Roger. All right, now hold it one at a time. Go ahead, Doug. You're only going to say one more thing. I think okay. that was your preface. Yeah, this is my last one more thing uh, after until the next one comes up. Uh, for <laughs> kind of a serendipity thing going on here. You know, I've seen this uh, designated survivor show on Netflix for a long, long time, and business has slowed down a little bit, so I decided to go watch it. Hey, I'll tell you, this is exactly play-by-play play what we're dealing with right now. I mean, it really is, okay? Um, the uh, They had the H1N1, they got the, all the politics, of course... The good thing is, as it begins, is there's no more Congress. There's like two people left. But yeah, they're on vacation. Uh, no, they're dead. They get blown up. Well, they're on right now. Yeah. They're on vacation. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, hey, you gotta, they have to have their priorities straight. I know, I know. So, yeah. But anyway, this is a play-by-play -play thing in each episode of what we're going through exactly right now well i mean russia etc it, it's catherine, crazy catherine austin fitz brought up a very interesting corollary on that interview the other day she said have you noticed every election year there's a virus and she went back ebola sars boom 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 every one of them's an election year for what that's worth but for some reason uh, uh i was uh you know, trying to get to the other side of this, uh, I uh, it reminded me of a of a blonde joke yesterday. I heard, uh, um, and I'm blonde, so I I, I can say this: uh, one blonde is on one side of the river, and one blonde's on the other side of the river. And one blonde says to the other side, "She says, how do I get over there?" And she says, "Well, you're already there." <laughs> do you have to be blonde to get that? <laughs> What was the the little meme yesterday? It said, "I spent the whole day melting an ice cube with my mind. It took longer than I thought it would." <laughs> it reminded me. Remember that comedian years ago from Boston that had that. I don't remember his name, that real dry, dry uh, uh, shtick. And I remember one of his jokes in very, very serious. I put a humidifier 
and a dehumidifier in the same room and close the door and let them fight it out. You know, that kind was, of, it, you know. was his name Nelson or Jensen? I don't remember, or, but man, he was funny. Yeah. I love that kind of humor, you know. That's how sick I am, but boy, he was funny. Um, yeah, I think the whole guy's point yesterday was he wanted everybody to call in with a joke because he was sick of all the seriousness <laughs> of this crap with the corona. <laughs> Well, there's a bunch of memes. Some people there's, are calling in with all these jokes. I mean, there's so many memes floating around on the Internet that it's just fantastic. Paul, did you hear that? Uh, and I know I intentionally sent it to you. Uh, the, uh, the What we'd call in the music industry a cover of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, the coronavirus yes. Rhapsody. That was sheer genius. Whoever did that did I've a seen several, you know. Joke. I think there's more than one, isn't there, floating around. There seems wow. to be ones with variations of lyrics and things. So. Maybe. I've just seen one. Yeah. But uh, that was always my favorite Queen song anyway, and to see that, and it was just wonderful. I thought the lyric adaption they did. And you, and if you really didn't know, you wouldn't have known it wasn't Queen. I mean, they did an extra excellent musical job on that. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah. Everybody's looking for a little relief. I feel sorry for the marriages that were on shaky ground. Well, maybe, hey, listen, maybe the time has given some of those people time to get some of those problems straight. Uh, the, uh, uh, the good things are this could totally revolutionize homeschooling. It's going to put many of these universities that have been on the public dole uh, out of business because those jobs ain't going to be there, okay? And uh, there'll probably yeah, be some Rogers, consolidation. Uh, I, I think the unintended consequences of this, whether it was intentional or not by them, is that, as we said, it's given a lot of people a lot of time to think that are stewing, and they've got the world of information at their fingertips, and the amount and percentage of people that are awake and to the almost or at the Howard Beale stage is increasing. You know the Howard Beale stage, right, Paul? I do. Okay. I do know the Howard Beale stage. I mean, there was an interesting little event. Actually, it wasn't that little um, on Monday over here. Um. There's an American gentleman who's lived here and and developed a a YouTube channel called London Real. Right. And Greg sent me the link for this whilst it was on on Monday. Um, And uh, it turned out that lots of people had sent me the link. But it was – he runs a thing called London Real. He's called Brian Rose, I think. And um, he was interviewing David Icke on Monday, who most people will be familiar with. And – I agree. Uh, I think Ike's correct about a lot of things, but not all things. And I suspect most people would say something similar on reviewing his material. And it's like what we all say about one another, probably. Uh, it's just one of those things, you know, but there's, there's sufficient overlap. Anyway, um, it went live at about um, 3.30 in the afternoon here and ended, I think, around about 6 o'clock. So it was a t- two-and-a-half-hour live stream. And um, if you've not – the fallout from it has been – very interesting because uh, at one point they hit 68,000 live viewers, which is considerable, right, for, for the YouTube platform. I think it was the second biggest streamed event that day. So it's pretty high up there. And um, the following day, the video was pulled by YouTube because of some of the content that was in there. Now, the, the bit that they um, balked at was this connection uh, an alluded connection between the virus and 5G, or is it the virus, or is it 5G, or what is really going on? But the two were brought prominently into the mix. And um, 
I don't think there was anything said really that was uh, not sensible in the sense that, you know, like we were saying earlier a few minutes ago, there is, is there a case to be answered here? And, and yes, there is. There is a case to be answered. The public are absolutely, they're so concerned over here, as I said earlier, that they're burning 5G transmitter stations down. They're destroying the equipment. Now, you could say, well, they sh- you know, it's like I was saying earlier, they shouldn't be doing that, but I'm afraid it's indicative of a very poor communications campaign, let's put it that way, um, with the uh, telecom suppliers. Now, Ofcom over here is the uh, Office of Communications and is the regulator, really, for the, for the telecoms industry and for broadcasting. And I've forgotten the name of the woman who heads it up, but uh, the she, people there are under... In- is she an Sorry. Indian? Is she an Indian? Mm, no. Is she an English woman? Is she an English woman? I'll ask the other direction. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I haven't bothered to really inquire. You know, okay. you can only spend so much time in the presence of these sorts of people, can't you, really? Do you know what I mean? Even if it's from a distance. So I, I only try to find out as little as I need, and then I'm off. I'm on my way. I don't really want to sort of, you know. But um, everybody that, that's hung out, they're under instructions, or Ofcom have issued an instruction that you cannot in public link 5G with the coronavirus. So it's anything that even throws a question out in that area is to be shut down. Well, the, the question to that is why? I mean, if it's so easy to blow out of the water, blow it out of the water, and then everybody's the clearer. But they don't blow these things out of the water. They don't clearly show their state. They don't make a good case for things. Now, what's, the, what's going on then? Is it either that there isn't an answer, right, and that, and that they're anxious about getting into it because they're going to get B? Or is it B, which I think is possibly just as likely, that they're thick, really seriously? Because what passes for journalism, um, or let's put it, there's a difference, is there not, between, say, a journalist and a reporter? I think there is. You know, a journalist was somebody who wrote a diary, effectively. Their critiques, comments, and feelings and thoughts possibly informed on things. And all we've got now is journalists. It's just this big emotive wall of nonsense, whereas a, re- a reporter is like a lab technician, surely, mm-hmm. if he's anything. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's got a lab coat on, and he's got all those pens I mean, in his top pocket. Investigative yeah? And he's reporter. going through the facts. Investigative yeah, reporter. That's right. Show me the evidence. Where is the line of evidence to back up this assertion? Oh, it's here. Fantastic. Well, Thank you very much. Another, now I can put it in my report. I think there's another option, Paul, and that is that there may be something sinister, and they may be thick, but they're deliberately withholding any information to address that question just to keep the people Mm -hmm. in turmoil mentally. Yeah, I agree. I don't really think they're thick, by the way. I think it's – I'm just throwing it out as an idea to sort of hang other ideas on because um, it's a subtle sort of deranged process that they're in charge of, it seems to me. And what is occurring, of course, is by them being able to shut these communications down, they stop the expansion of them in the thought field. However – just coming back to what you said a minute or so ago, these are very, very different circumstances for everyone. I mean, the simple truth is that nobody alive in these islands today has ever lived through anything like this, and neither has anybody else, mm. amazingly. In the world. This is a new experience for all of us. Every, yeah, it's all new, every, isn't it? Every metric is off the charts here. Okay, That's right. Okay. And, uh, and it's of far course, worse than 9-11. Let me put it that way, too. And life as we well, always knew it, even though they've been monkeying with it, is never going to be the same. It's a tipping point event. 
Okay. Well, I would say to that, Roger, you're right, but I'm going to say it's never going to be the same, but in a really good way, because well, I've never so. wanted it to be the same anyway. Right. We don't want what we've currently got, do we? No, no, we don't. I mean, it's like the game is, you know, yet again, going back to that old analogy, which we've sprung here several times, the arsonists are now trying to turn up and act as the fire brigade. This is lovely, but it's, you know, and they're able to get away with it time and time again because they just get changed out of one suit, get into the other one. The media never cover it, and away we go. Same old, same old. But this potentially could be different. Mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned the figure, the viewing figure, 68,000 live. Apparently, the previous video that they'd done this interview got like 10 million views. Now we're getting into serious numbers when you look at what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. These sorts of numbers, I've always said it's a numbers game. Uh, because it is, because it's about, it's like turning this agreement into a tidal wave of pressure. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of positives. I think there are a lot of positives going on, although we do think, not know. Think of the exponentiality of that number, 10 million, that get that information and how many people they pass it to. Well, of course. Of course. And I, I think, you know, this is obviously why they've pulled it. Um, but the main question is, why can these topics not be discussed? And I do think that that's the point to just stick at. Not about whether anybody feels that they're right or, or wrong about the 5G assertion. That's sec It actually is secondary. What's primary is, why can we not ask questions about it well, in a decent way? There was also, that's the key. There's a couple of other interesting facets to that. And one thing is, because I was right in the middle of that, I got one of those clips. I sent it to our good listeners out there in Idaho, our buddies out there. And she sent me back a thing. This has already been pulled. And yet I could sit here and play it in Ecuador. And yet it seems that YouTube pulled it, but Facebook didn't. And they kept the whole interview up. By the way, Stephanie, Stephanie sent me some kind of a link. Y'all are sending me links here on the PPN thing. I tried to open it. It was a Facebook link, and I had to sign in, and I've never, nor will I ever have an account on Facebook. So thanks. Good intention. Sorry. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Chris? Uh, well, you know, you, I think it was over Andrew Carrick and Hitchcock and Deanna Spangola did the interview with, uh, or at least the analysis of David Goldberg, oh, yes. the White House Oh, yes. uh, with uh, Maria Yanovich. Correct. Uh, now there's a site that spun off from that. Apparently it's called Friends of David Goldberg, I think, .com or .net. I just heard about it last night, but uh, quite a few people were quite uh, unhappy with his being Masada-sided and murdered in his apartment after adding that information that was played on the air that was exponentially uh, telling about Operation Zephyr and Pogo and Zypher. even go back to Operation Najax for Christ's sake they sprayed over uh, San Francisco. So yeah. there you go. That's Project Zypher. Well, what do you know? We got two Okies on the line. Hey, Chuck. Hey, uh, Robin. Um, say speak, right in the, speak right in the microphone, Chuck. Kind of, kind of muffled. Okay. I wanted to say something right quick. Um, a guy messaged me last night that brought up the idea that I hadn't considered, and I don't think I've heard talked about, is that, and it makes perfect sense, it don't have to have COVID-19. It doesn't even have to be real. They can't test for it. Just, and it goes along with what Samuel said earlier. They can't really 
well, they could test for it, but they're not going to because of the evidently the cost factor, or they don't want to. The uh, they've been trying to get five G in everywhere, and it's been there's I think that there's been quite a bit of opposition to it in the world, especially here in the U.S. <clears throat> so it's another weapons platform. Well, and Chuck, they no. that de- ties into the uh, it ties me- into the system let me add that not only is there pushback from the lower levels of people that understand it but you've got the fight on between the chinese and the u.s as to which one's going to dominate the market because obviously both of them got back doors built into it and uh, well the other one doesn't want the other ones out there well yeah they want control of the of us and it ties in their smart – they can't get their smart system or their grid going without that 5G. Correct. Evidently. So that's the, that looks like the last piece of this puzzle. And it, now I understand it. And what he said is is that it looks like they're going to use the COVID-19. They can bring it up at any time because they've already – this is what they've done is said in the past they've laid groundwork for the, being created in the labs, the Ebola SARS, all these other uh, diseases or whatever, viruses, whatever. They're all related. All of those now you they just mentioned out. are related. Yeah, yeah, right. But now they come out with this thing, and they say, they've told us. Well, you can go find it, right? There are people reporting on it being lab-created. So oh, now yeah. it's out there in the public. Oh, yeah. Maybe no. not but but the, they're laying the groundwork. It doesn't have to be lab created and it doesn't have to be real. So they can claim anything is, is COVID-19 well. in or, and then they said it's going to come back in the future, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be two or three yeah. cycles of yes. it coming around. How do they know? Oh, they'll, they'll roll it out. Anytime there's a problem, this is it. Yeah. It's well, COVID time. Why? Well, they, evidently, the the virus is like a like a mine that you'd see during the war that a ship would dump off. It's a it's a spear, and it's got these little projectors that stick off called spirochetes. And the one spirochete is evidently tuned to do what we're experiencing now. But the big fear, Chuck, is that some of the other spirochetes can do different things and attack different parts. And that's the unknown. And what the thing does as it morphs, and if it's a smart virus, if you will, that it adapts itself to the host and, and makes some sort of a change internally. We don't know. We just flat don't know, okay? Roger, if you look at it as just another frequency, and, and really everything in life is. It's got a vibration. It's got a tone. It, 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 it can definitely be sent over a radio wave, I think, or a, a microwave. I don't know about that. Okay, I, I kind of feel it's got to be person to person or however it's being transmitted. See, we think, here's the dialectic. Viruses supposedly aren't transmittable, but this isn't an ordinary virus. It's a bioweapon. Okay, and so, and evidently to the exponent of 10 in, in being able to spread previous to anything they've known. 
Yeah, Raymond Royal Rife had to be destroyed because he uses used radio frequencies to kill all diseases known to man back Correct. in the 30s. Correct. And yep. he, he had built he had worked with Zeiss in Germany to build his own microscope so he could actually put the frequency in Correct. and his Watch microscopes would not kill kill the pathogen because our electron microscopes do, he could watch the pathogen die as he would tune the frequency to kill it. Correct. That's the 30s. Well, listen, the good news here is we know what the prophylactic is. Just take vitamin C. A, D, and zinc if you want to go the whole hand, but certainly as a minimum, some amount of vitamin C in your body, even if you're taking it with regular pills. Because that's what or, or evidently the now Cliff, I don't know. Did you? I sent these out. I don't know if y'all saw them. The the uh, two videos he did yesterday. He'll probably they'll probably be doing them about this time right now. They'll probably be up on the web this afternoon. Critical thinking, and the ones he put out yesterday were for medical personnel. And what he did, he said, now look, here's the here's the real key point. Here is the bat is usually hangs upside down and flies, okay? And a bat's lungs are above its throat. In humans, our throat is above our lungs. And the throat is the congregation spot initially for the virus for it evidently to build up its numbers before it really attacks. And it kind of hangs around in the throat. And he was showing how the bat's throat has is a little bit concave and narrows, and how the bat then secretes in its system that vitamin C that they didn't know it made, and it, because it hangs upside down, it drips and it clears the virus out of that part of their throat. So he said, and anybody you know that's in the medical field that has to be in and around these people, there, at best I remember when I left the States, there were vitamin C throat lozenges for when you had a cold or the flu. Okay. So he said, if you're in a hospital and they're trying, he's already contacted some manufacturer and they're trying to make a special lozenger with some other beneficial things included. But at a minimum, if you're in the hospital, try to get across to these people, have one of those in your mouth all day long. Because what the virus does in our throat, and he illustrated it, is, you know, when we cough, when you cough and you're going to spit or something, and that's always in the back of your throat. And you, and it boom, spit it out. You know, whatever's congested, it sits at that spot as our throat curves up through our larynx. But in the bat, it is straight down. And so the virus, as it's getting in the humans, that's one of the symptoms that people are talking about. And there was a, a gal that was a state legislature in Michigan up uh, on Tucker Carlson last night who's gone through this, got hydrochlorine, and got cured and they had her doctor on there with her by the way but that's what she was saying she said i felt this really weird thing in my throat in the front of my throat and they say also if you've gotten this and contracted it that you will see a dramatic loss in your sense of smell and your sense of taste and that's it gathering there in your throat So, uh, so it, there's if you got anybody you know that's medical that's being forced around this stuff, 
turn them on to this. Cliff will take their calls and their emails and talk to them personally, okay? Uh, but keep a vitamin C lozenger in your throat. So I thought that was very interesting. It explained a lot, and especially the difference, the, the way the bat deals with it. And uh, the it drips a substance that drips down while it's hanging upside down and keeps that virus at bay with vitamin C in its throat. Now, he also mentioned that part of the, the confusion here in the labs in Wuhan, as they were trying to get this stuff isolated, is that one of the labs is real sloppy. And what they were doing was taking samples of the saliva that had dripped down from the bat's throat while they were hanging upside down and fallen out and dripped onto their fecal matter. And they would take the fecal matter and try and analyze it and see vitamin C in it. And they weren't separating it, and their research techniques were, weren't worth a crap. So those are very interesting videos. I, I highly advise them, uh, and I think I've still got them up. Maybe I'll, if I can find them, I'll stick them at the end of the show description today. But keep a lookout on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, when the suggestions pop up, uh, once you watch one or two of them, they'll start feeding them to you. By the Roger, way, you, you can you tell how that, big a farce that. this is because if you do that, down YouTube is putting up a little banner that comes up on the left side. Say, if you'd like to keep up with the worldwide information on coronavirus, press here. So that's the extent we're at right there. I thought it was interesting. R Roger, uh, when uh, when Judy Woods looked for um, existing research that could mimic uh, her feelings about what took down the buildings at 9-11. Um, she, uh, Huggins or Hitchinson, uh, showed how he used vibration or sound and oscillation to deconstruct and melt metal, etc. And um, my feeling is there's... Uh, there's potentially something there in, in all of this. That's It's the same kind of technology being used differently. In fact, the, uh, the Bankers Trust building that was built across the street from the uh, the affected buildings, because all the ones with that uh, World Trade Center address, they got eight buildings. They were all destroyed. Yes. But the World Trust Banker building was across the street, and its face was defaced. So they just rebuilt the building. But what happened to that building is they took it down 10 years later because it had like a rot in it that kept going in the steel and destroying it uh, slowly. And nobody knows very little about well, that. I've always felt personally that that was some kind of, of weapon that we don't know about that they've got that's nuclear that was basically a shaped charge. Okay. Don't, that's just my personal feelings. If you, well, if you get into Judy Wood's book, there's just so many uh, weird things that happen. Yeah. That You know how Geraldo uh, Olvera is always in the surf when there's a hurricane coming, like 48 hours before it happens? Well, there was a hurricane the size that day uh, coming up out of the Caribbean straight towards New York City, and nobody even knows about it. And it stalled at the time of 9-11 and then went away and disappeared after the event was over. Okay, well, I'm not familiar with that, and I keep up with hurricanes usually because I'm a Floridian. Um, 
But yeah, I forget the name of that um, that hurricane. It was like Helena or something like that. But um, just to simplify um, a concept, <coughs> excuse me here about vibration. I've heard this. I believe it's true that when soldiers would be crossing a bridge, yeah. they would no longer watch and I mean march in a, 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 a the same cadence. They'd have to break up their cadences because it could cause the bridge well, to collapse. Doug, you know there was that case in the Midwest. I don't remember if it was Kansas City I was or St. Louis. Bridge for the hundredth. Uh, I, I was on the Golden Gate Bridge for the 100th anniversary because I lived right across it on the other side in Marin. And that thing was solid with people. And everybody started jumping yeah, down together dangerous. until everybody... Everybody felt the failure moment in it, and they stopped immediately. Well, you Nobody remember, ever reported that either. There was a pretty famous case out of the Midwest, St. Louis or Kansas City, a while back, maybe 30 years, 35 years ago, up in one of those hotels. And the band was playing down in the atrium at the bottom, and a whole party was up on one of those bridges, and they started jumping to the music. It collapsed the thing, killed a bunch of them. You could also look up Galloping Gertie which was a bridge, I think, up in the Tacoma Narrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That the wind starts blowing. Now, also... Listen, I've seen videos of that. They've got that on video. It's on YouTube. You can see it. Absolutely. Also, the Oklahoma City bombing, as reported by Ted Anderson and documented by uh, Oklahoma State University there at Northern Oklahoma, OU at Northern Oklahoma, their seismic laboratory recorded two different blasts, a precipitating low-level blast followed by the major blast, and that was a blast profile signature of an A-neutron bomb, which was what was planted in there along with other shape charges that caused that uh, blowout. Of course, there were many other military devices found there at the same time. Well, don't forget, Israel stole a bunch of warheads out of Texas that were decommissioned a while back, okay? And that there were theories that that was what was used, especially in 9-11. Don't know whether it's true or not. I'm not going to waste my time on it. It's interesting to think about. Uh, we got a new crisis to deal with now and one that's much more impending and one that's much more overall affects everybody on the globe in one way, shape, or form, or another, and the effects that it's going to have in our lives for the next near term, 12 to 18 months, are going to be severe. If the economic projections that are coming in, and, of course, this is unknown territory. We've never experienced shocks like this before. There's going to be tens of millions of people that have already lost their jobs and tens of millions that are going to lose their jobs in the future. You know, now they're laying off people on Zoom. You get an email, and they say, go to this Zoom meeting, and, it, and they tell you you're laid off. Um, so uh, we got some serious repercussions now. As I said earlier, most of the folks here are pretty older in the tooth and pretty wise and have been storing their little nuts up away and taking in contingency plans for a circumstance such as this, although I don't think any of us could have imagined one this big and this severe and this over far-reaching. But I'd like to think all of our people are in pretty good condition, okay? And... uh Hopefully, uh, that you know, 
Kay called in yesterday all upset about us using the term the culling of the herd. Okay? And sorry, I mean, this is the separation of the wheat from the tares. And uh, I, I can't help it. I feel sorry. I felt sorry for those people for 30 years. I've been trying to help them for 30 years. Most of them are oblivious or obnoxious about it, and I can't help them. I can help the people that resonate with the message, and I'll do everything bend over backwards to try and get you through it in an understanding, okay? But I can't worry about those other people. I'm worried about the people we're supposed to be worried about. And in, in, well, in all honesty, in the overall, if, the, if for whatever reason some of these people are removed from our presence, the world's probably going to be a better place. And I mentioned yesterday um, on Jim's show that um, I, I couldn't remember the guy's name, but I think it was Tim LaVey or Tom LaVey that came out with these uh, set of books that were about uh, a rapture, okay? And the premise was that, you know, all the saints get taken away first, but scriptures say what you just mentioned there. Well, in the parable of the wheat and the chaff, which was a parable that dealt with um, uh, a master, an owner of a piece of land, and his uh, gardener, whatever, comes up to him and says, hey, you know, we got this chaff now. We got these uh, invaders in our uh, crop here. And he says, should we dig them out and get rid of them? And he says, no. Because if you do that now, you're going to, you'll pull up some of the good wheat. And so he says, just wait till the, this um, uh, invader, which looks like wheat, but until it comes up fully, see, it doesn't bow down like the wheat when it uh, is fully matured, but this false um um, saint, if you will, uh, it comes up and it's proud. It's got its head up, and that's the ones uh, you can identify it that way. And that's the ones when the time them. comes. That's what yeah. That's what we're gonna pluck up. You're welcome. Well, Kay's joined us. She heard the clarion call and wanted to uh, join us. Kay, how you feeling today, sweetie? Oh, okay, thanks. So, um. May I, may I just uh, say something? Yeah, but talk right into the speaker because you're on a landline that's a little weak, okay? Okay, is this any better? Much better. Oh, okay, good, good. So it's not, it's not that uh, I think you're wrong about what you, what you did. The, the truth of what I was upset over was the talk of genocide and eugenics. Um, I just, I can't be a part of that. And so I had well, to really well, call in. Okay. It's going, it's been going on against you and your family and all of us for about 40 or 50 or 60 years. It, it's a little I know, tough. I know, but that doesn't mean I have to be a, I have to be in agreement with it. Um, that, that's all, okay. you know, that's, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong for, you know, not not talking to the people. Yeah, I mean, it's well, why it's my duty. head against all. No, see, it's our duty, and well, this okay. is that where this biblical understanding is so important, because I think we all agree it's a spiritual war, okay? And what it says, and we're commanded to do, and it's even got a title. It's called the Watchman on the Wall, 
okay? And you're supposed to command it in that Old Testament. If you see danger coming, you're supposed to tell everybody, okay? But those who don't listen, the blood's on their hands. But the, the, the kickback is if you don't tell them, the blood's on your hands, okay? Right, right. right. I understand. It's just that what was said, the, the words that were said was, we need to call the herd because those genes, and I don't know how it was, that it shouldn't be in the gene pool. That's, that's genocide and eugenics. And perhaps that's not what was meant. I don't know. All I know is that when I heard that, I had to say no. No, I, I, I can't ever agree with that. Just never, never, never. But I also understand that you have to tell people. You know, and, and why beat yourself, your head against the wall if they won't listen? Well, see, and the whole thing you know, that, I, that I, decides this is the amount of energy and time that you've got. Okay? And that the, you've got a very limited amount. It's just like I told you in the email. You, you better get a little thicker skin because your heart can't reach out and encompass everybody in the whole world, okay? you got to trim it down and prioritize it and put it to where it can do the most good with who is receptive. And I, at this stage well, of my I life, agree. I ain't wasting I agree, my time on any of those people, okay? And if they don't know about I vitamin agree. C, then, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I agree. All I'm saying is that the talk of genocide and eugenics is, is evil. That's what I'm saying. That's all. But I agree with you and what you're saying, you know, about um, you can't touch the hearts of everyone. You do your best. I, I, I see that. Well, yeah, anyway, you, I just wanted you, to clarify you that. Know, That's all. I, well, rather than spread my time in such a wide array, I'd rather take it down and focus my time and efforts like these two hours that I put in here every day where we can reach out and pe reach the people that are receptive. Okay. I mean, I've just learned yeah. the old that lesson that it's easier to pull a rope than it is to push a rope, and I'm going to spend my time where it can be the most productive. Well, one of the He's things, Roger, that I've tended to pay attention to is what's called the red-letter words. And, um, hi, Kay, uh, I love you, and I thank you for your passion in this field. And here's the thing. Which herd are we talking about? Uh, there's there's two, you know, basic races spoken about: Edomite and Israelite. And the Messiah himself said that, you know, he declared that at a specific time he's going to declare unto his servants to go and collect and for basically being thrown into the fire, everybody that is against him. So that's that herd. And that's what I want to say about that. I mean, um, it's in the scripture. Let me ask Kay a question here, he Kay. Also, you he yourself admit... Go ahead, he Samuel. Also told his disciples, he also told his disciples that when they went to a town and they weren't hearing the message... To dust off their feet and leave. That's right. And uh, let me ask Kay this. And you self-admitted, and I would be too, that I'm not as familiar with the Bible as I should be. Okay? But let me ask you this question. Is God love? Yes. It Does God hate? Yes. Yes, he does. I'm glad you answered that way because it says it twice straight out of his mouth. Once in Genesis and repeated verbatim 
in the old in the New Testament. And he said, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Daryl's joining. Per, uh, per, per what Isaiah, I mean, uh, Samuel just said, the finishing of that sentence was uh, to his uh, disciples slash apostles was that the people that refused them, these apostles, disciples he sent out, it was going to be more tolerable for those in Sodom and Gomorrah than it would be for the people that refused them. There you go. Daryl's joined us. Hey, Daryl. May I say something? Sure, Kay. Yes, please. Okay. It's not, it's not what you, I understand what you guys are saying. Okay, but let's be very careful here. Just because someone like, like, uh, let's take Native Americans. Just because they might think a little bit differently than we do does not mean that they are not religious and does not mean that it's okay to commit genocide, which did happen in this country. And it was justified by the same arguments that you're giving me now. And it was evil. It was well, evil, and I don't, evil, I don't evil. disagree with did, you did there Native either. Americans, uh, did the Native Americans uh, retaliate in a very similar way? Yes, they did. Um, the white people said the Indians started. The Indians say the white people started. Who cares? Who cares? Genocide is genocide. And and um, I just said, what I want is to be a little bit careful, because what was said was of a woman who this person didn't know. Now, that woman, there are people that probably love that woman, and she probably helped so many people. Who knows? She might have children. She might have a husband. There might be other people depending on upon her. And to issue a curse upon her, like like was done... Is not okay. Okay. Well, that's it's your feelings. Okay. Well, that's how that you you're welcome to your feelings, and I I respect them. Okay, uh, Daryl. Okay, Daryl. What say you? Do you have one of those uh, Smith and Wesson samples that they tried to make for pilots back then? That I sent you that video on. Pretty cool little piece, wasn't it? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, uh, when uh, when I. Uh, when I was doing that, we had uh, H and K forty cal's uh, semi-automatics that the uh, federal government issued us under the auspices of the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, uh, wow, well, strange, strange idea to think that I was an officer of the DHS, huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, there's an idea. There's agent. a you were an there's agent. an oxymoron. You for were you. an agent. Yeah. Yeah, our uh, our our jurisdiction took up all of uh, you know about uh, fifteen square feet. Right, that was our jurisdiction. So, yeah, you couldn't handle more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's play the game forward here. Uh, I think uh, I think the air has been cleared pretty good, and I appreciate that, which is always important. And giving everybody pause to think about what was said and understand that. So, real good. Uh, going forward, uh, we're in a period of uh, where you, you're uh, probably going to need to, if you haven't already, start triaging. Uh, uh, what does that mean? 
Uh, well, you, in, in triage, as a reference to a uh, medical term or a situation, you, uh, <clears throat> you uh, put your resources towards those that will survive. All right. And uh, this is what was done on the battlefields. Uh, they would roll so many uh, uh, people in, men, and they would they would assess the situation and they would say, well, I can save this one, but I can't save that one. Let's not waste any resources on them. Uh, they would say, well, we can save this one, so we'll cut the arm off, we'll cauterize it. And, uh, of course, this went on <clears throat> well, they're quite doing, extensively. And they're doing that now with ventilators. Doing they're doing that now with ventilators, except yeah. they're putting ventilators on the people, well, and it hurts them rather than helps them because they don't understand yeah. the disease. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So that that's an example of that. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> And I, I appreciate that. That, that example, uh, I'm actually talking about a larger uh, metaphor and concept in, in triage. So you'll, you'll have to triage your family. You'll have to triage your friends. You're going to lose people. Uh, you're going to have to be prepared for that. Speaking you're going to lose of, friends. Speaking of? Uh, you're going you're to lose people you thought were your friends. Yeah, go I, ahead. I'm sorry to say we lost John Prine to coronavirus yesterday, for those of you who are musical. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> that that's all. That's almost uh, you know that's regrettable and uh, understandable under the circumstances. Uh, the ones that I'm talking about are even going to be harder because yeah. they're not going to be dead, but you're going to have to lose them. All right, you're going to have to start picking and choosing. Yep. All right, <clears throat> and and you're going to have to start doing that with your behavior, your choices. You're going to have to start triaging. And this is going to get real close. It's going to get real personal. It's going to get real messy, and it will be much wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yep. And uh, you you will hear many of the heathens rage. And uh, I just say this from a ma- very matter of fact point of view, and it, uh, it it's going to get really tough. And this is where uh, there's a great opportunity here to uh, express your humanity. In that you save the ones that uh, can be saved uh, physically and provide an example. And this is a time of harvest for the Lord. And um, so if you have the you have the spirit of the Lord and do want to do the work and the will of your father, uh, we should be fishers of men at this point in time and bring uh, bring them to a point of repentance in their heart and not to use the Lord for a vain thing. And uh, so um, that's that's really important. And uh, so anyway, that's uh, well, that's know, the, really the you thing know, is what's kind we, of on my we, today. we fall back on these principles and concepts because we don't have anything else to fall back on in this particular situation because the world has never experienced it before. Now, they had some isolations and quarantines and stuff back in 1918. I watched a, a movie called We Heard the Bells. Has anybody seen that? It's a movie on the uh, Spanish uh, influenza in 1918, and they showed some shots and talked about how the towns, they'd interview all these old people that were young when that happened and could remember their mothers and their own particular personal incidents. But they showed some pictures and talked about that was one of the approaches they took was to basically do what we're doing now and shut down everything. Now here, let me bring, while we're there, let me bring this up. I may have to take a day off tomorrow. 
Don't want to. But the way they've got this structured in Ecuador, and I didn't talk about this week because we've had so much to talk about. On this Monday, they continue to tighten the screws here. And on this past Monday, the latest tightening is that as of Monday, the grocery stores and all the stores are closed on the weekend, and there are no cars allowed on any roads in Ecuador on the weekend. If you have a car and Monday through Friday, your day that you can drive is dictated by the last number on your license tag, and all the stores are still only open from 8 to 12.30. And with the, with the show being at the time it is, I don't know that I could get up, get a taxi, get yeah. to the grocery store and get back and be here on time to do a program. Okay, so I think tomorrow yeah. I'm going to have tomorrow. to do that. I don't want to, but I'm forced to because of the situation here. Okay, so if you get a replay tomorrow, right. that's what that's about. Okay. Yeah. So so what what that's all about right there is just uh, deepening the layer of conditioning and increasing the intensity. Of course, in behavior modification control techniques, this is exactly what you do. Yep. yep. You uh, you do it with frequent you do it with frequency. And then you do it with uh, varying degrees of intensity. And then you let up the pressure for a little bit, and then you apply more. And then you let up the pressure a little bit, and then you apply more. Now, see, uh, we used to use all these techniques in, in conditioning and training people, but we did it for their benefit as far as increasing their ability to perform safely and successfully. Now, these same strategies and techniques work uh, when applied for the opposite way. So... Uh, you're literally what you're literally taking, taking, witnessing, and taking place here is Pavlovian conditioning, uh, Munchausen by proxy, and Stockholm syndrome all rolled into one. Well, now what I'm uh, wondering, uh, uh, and with the, yeah, uh, as it applies yeah, to Ecuador and all those things you just said, Daryl, what I've been wondering in the back of my mind is we've had some problems here lately because of the big IMF loan that this guy, Lennon Moreno, took in and the uh, austerity programs they tried to enforce. is quite a ruckus here for a couple of weeks. And then he took a trip to Washington recently, and he had meetings with not only the IMF but the World Bank. Okay? And then he comes back here, and they took, I think it was 300 tons of gold and did some kind of an exchange and a loan with the gold with the U.S., with one of those entities. And as I said to Jack, I said, we'll never see that gold in Ecuador again, okay? And I'm wondering if it was all those arrangements and his association with them that he has taken this approach to this. I, I just don't know, you know, but that's in the back of my mind it's highly suspect. Um, anyway, so it looks like yeah, I'm it's a reasonable, a reasonable now, supposition. You know, certainly, yeah, yeah. was something food for thought. Reasonable. Uh, Paul, we're getting yeah. towards the end here, okay. here, and we've kind of excluded you oh, the hi, last Paul. part of the show, and didn't hi, want to ignore you and think hi, we were, you know, putting you over in the corner <coughs> like the redheaded stepchild. So, if you got anything to say here, bro, bring it forward. Oh no, it's just been good listening last half an hour or so. It's fine. I'm I'm chilled with it. I know it's a free it's a free moving conversation around here, which is what makes it what it is, which is good. Yep. And uh I don't no, know. I'm, I just keep coming back to this. Sorry. I don't know there's anything like it on the net in our in our area of association. And that's good. No, I guess not. Well, I was just gonna mention this little story you'd sent me just prior to the thing as well about the internet. Uh there's a little story over on uh, Zero Hedge about some kind of uh 
suffering with on the Google Cloud platform, although I, I don't tend to really be too fussed about that. And anyway, everything seems to be working fine anyway. But I wanted to um, just read out a comment to you um, in the comment thread there, which is quite fun. Concerning China, uh, somebody writes, he says, it's the Chinese flexing their cyber muscles. Um, I don't know I don't know whether that was the case or not this time around, but the rest of what he writes is quite intriguing. He says, no surprise, I'm an SWE by training, I don't know what this software, blah, 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 and worked for various security companies. The average American has no clue, caps, how relentless the Chinese are trying to hack into every institution you can think of. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on for for years, Mm -hmm. while the elite business and political class were porting every job and every technology into Chinese hands and training them here in the US, believe me, the CCP will never relent. We may be forced to nuke those yet. (laughs) I would say slanty-eyed rice noshers, but then I am British, but it's a much more severe word than that. We may be forced to nuke those people yet. They'll push us to the final wall and bring it on themselves. Listen, I don't know whether any of that's true or not, but I see an awful lot of warmongering stuff speech going on. There's something on Breitbart today about them throwing Chinese people alive into ovens, you know, because they've got to get on with it. It's impossible to know what's going on. Literally, I've just well, come. <laughs> I can tell you, in Cliff's yeah. videos, he's coming out right and saying that he says China's done internationally. The world's never going to trust them again. So we'll see. As I said, it's a quickly developing fluid situation. We try and cover it and discuss it two hours a day here at the old radio ranch. And I sure appreciate each and every one of you, not only that call in and involve yourselves in our discussions, but listen later and pass it around to your friends. Uh, Thank you very much. I love each and every one of you. Paul, always appreciate you on Wednesdays and everybody that contributed. Obviously, you too. You guys have a good day. I'll see you on Friday with Brent. I think I'm going to take that day off tomorrow, okay? Because I got to get some groceries. I'll see y'all tomorrow or Friday or someday. I'll be back live with Brent Friday.